Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Hey everybody, how's it going? We're live. Frantic times on the Ben Jarofsky show. Who's this guest? Oh, switch him. Put him in here. Oh, okay. We're good though. <laughs> we have a show for you today, everybody. <laughs> I, I, I was just tying my shoe, D. It was such a frantic time. I didn't get to tie my shoes. Well, over, under, in, and out. That's what tying's all about. Whoa. What? Did Aunt Edna teach you that? <laughs> <laughs> my aunt's name is Cindy. Oh, wasn't there an Edna somewhere? Uncle Eldon. No. Oh, yeah, that's sorry. I, I turned Eldon into Edna, and I turned an uncle into an aunt. Oh, that host. <laughs> Senility is kicking in. How's it going, everybody? Live stream chat, what is happening? Yes, Ben, you have a song of the day request from Frank, and we'll get to that. But first, we need to thank the Chicago Reader for uh, hosting the Ben Jarofsky Show. ChicagoReader.com. Subscribe to the Chicago Reader for all things there is to know about this crazy city of ours. The Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. Uh, go check it out. And, of course, today's Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Nice job on the mute button. All right, here we go. Your song of the day comes from Frank. It is from, wait, let me see here, uh, Carl Carlton, uh, Everlasting Love. Oh, my God. Frank, one of the greatest songs of the 60s. Maybe it's early 70s. I'm not quite. Oh, here I stand in joy. Da, 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 da. Everlasting love. Come on. Dennis is like, here we go. He, you should see him. He loves this song. Remember, when, Frank, whenever this song comes on the oldest station, I crank it up. Here I stand in joy. Everlasting love. And then the a chorus. Come on, D. Everlasting love forever. I've, n- I've never heard the song in my life. That cannot possibly be true. Well, I, maybe I need possibly. someone, maybe I need someone to sing it better. Maybe I'd recognize it. You know what? I think we should play it and then uh when the lawyers call us, just send it over to uh, Jimmy Coogan. How about that? Hey, our ace attorney or Eldra gone. We got so many lawyers in this show. We could just send it over to one of them when they send us a cease and desist. How about that? Don't you think that's a good idea? That's a horrible idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, it's not COVID. I'm just laughing. <laughs> the Ben Jarofsky show starts now. It is Thursday, December 17th, and live from my apartment and his attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. 
today on the program. It's the alderman of the 25th Ward, the one, the only. We call him BSL. and eh, no, we don't. <laughs> Byron Sigcho Lopez. <laughs> and now your host. <laughs> What's so funny? Just all of a sudden, we call him BSL. I'm going to start calling him BSL. Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Baby Donnie Thursday. And here's why. Well, folks, I got to say this. I've got to give the Trumps credit. The fundraising messages just keep pouring in, even though the Trumps lost the last election. And the messages come not just from the daddy, Daddy Trump, you know, the king of the con man. He just sent me one uh, earlier today saying I'm one of the lucky ones who was personally selected for the honor of contributing money to him. And I could see MAGA people all over America going, honey, we won the right to give money to President Donnie. Quick, write a check. <laughs> a fundraising appeal came the other day. No, the new one came from Baby Donnie, also known as Donald Trump Jr. Had a picture of him and everything uh, in the fundraising appeal. For a second, I thought he was wearing a mask. And then I realized it was just a, his beard. Like, could a Trump be actually wearing a mask? No, no, not quite impossible. Anyway, Donnie Trump Jr. wrote, and I quote, <clears throat> Friend, you, all caps, you, won't want to miss this. That's the introduction, folks. I love it when Donnie Jr. calls me friends. It's like we really are friends, and maybe we can go to a baseball game together. I'm sure he loves the Cubs. Doesn't Donnie Trump Jr. seem just like the type of bro-like character who would love Wrigley Field? Hey, dude, let's let's have a uh, you know a beer and a brew, brewski, dude. Hang out in Wrigley, man, with the Ricketts. So with the Cubs, as long as the Ricketts own them. Well, as as much as I do like the baseball team, uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s got Cardinals fan written all over him. Uh, I, I don't think so. I think he's more of a Cub fan. Anyway, well, maybe we could just like hang out one day and go shopping at the mall. Hey, Donnie, let's go buy some shirts, my friend. Anyway, back to the fundraising appeal. Quote, my father just signed, and it got signed, capital S, capital I, G, capital G, capital N, E, D, all caps, like it's really got a pound in my head. My father just signed one of our Make America Great Again hats, and it's all in bold. And he wants to send it directly to you, and the U is all caps. And I'm thinking, wow, my very own son, my daddy, Donnie Mega hat. How have I lived this long without one? But wait. It's not that easy to get it. So on I read, quote, my father is only offering this opportunity to a small group of his most loyal, and loyal as old caps, supporters. The ones who've been there for him since day one, day one, all caps. And he, <laughs> and he immediately thought of you, all caps. That's kind of funny. Why, of all the people in the world, Donald Trump would think of uh, would be me. I mean, I am not a supporter of Donald Trump, much less one of his most loyal supporter, much less one of his most loyal supporters who's been there since day one or any day. I can't stand the guy. I'm still not certain how I got on this freaking email list to begin with. And an email list, that, folks, let me remind you, delivers up to 20 
shakedowns an hour. Back to baby Trump's message, quote, this is your last, all caps, chance to win a signed, all caps, Make America Great Again hat from President Trump this year. Don't miss out on this opportunity to win, all caps, this incredible piece of history, end of quote. Now, that is classic Trump telling me this is my last chance, even though I have a sneaking suspicion that within, oh, another 30 minutes or so, I'll get another email just like it, telling me it's my last chance. There's always one last chance to throw away my money on MAGA junk. And what do I have to do to win the right to get a personally signed Make America Great Again hat? Why, I think you know that answer, ladies and gentlemen. Give money. Quote, hurry. This is all in bold, by the way, because this is the really important part of the message. Hurry. Contribute any amount immediately. Any amount immediately is all in caps to win your very own signed Make America Great Again hat from your favorite president. I have half a mind just to send it a penny. I mean, they said any amount immediately. Wouldn't it be cool to to have my own personally signed Make America Again hat from Donnie John Trump? I think that would be really cool. I think you're really liking those emails. And (laughs) You know, you can just decline and, you know, have them stop sending them to you. D, think about this. This would be a great test. If I sent a check for one cent to the Make America Great Fund, would they cash it? That would be unbelievable. Have Donald Trump's name on the endorsing at the back of the check, signing it personally. That would be even more valuable than the hat. Anyway. Hurry, contribute any amount to win your own very side. Make America Great Again hat from your favorite president. My favorite president. That's tough. Got to ask myself, who is my favorite president? Then I got to break it down. Favorite president in office or out of office? Out of office, it's Jimmy Carter, hands down. In office, it would have been LBJ, Linda Baines Johnson, but there was that Vietnam War thing. So I guess... Hmm, let me think about all the candidates in my lifetime. Eisenhower, Kennedy, Johnson, Nixon, Ford, Carter, Reagan, Bush, Billy Clinton. I guess I got to go with Barack Obama. Uh, But the, the bar is low. The bar is very low. But I can tell you this, my favorite president is definitely not Donald Trump. Meanwhile, up in the U.S. Senate, Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin is holding hearings. About the same time I got this email shakedown from Donnie Trump Jr., I was reading about Ron Johnson's hearings into whether Joe Biden stole the election. Let me remind you once again, there's not a shred of evidence to support the notion that the election was stolen. But that doesn't stop Ron Johnson from making the claim and doesn't stop Senate Republicans from holding a hearing. They just keep keep repeating it over and over and over again. It's like they think if they keep saying it enough, they'll gaslight Democrats into buying it. And I can see how it works. That's generally how it, they keep pushing. They push the, the discourse to the right, to the right, to the right. And Democrats are like, OK, yeah, maybe maybe there was some theft. But come on, there was probably theft when Bush won. That's how Democrats work. Come on, Democrats, you got to be smarter than that. But generally, they fall for this kind of stuff. So that's why the MAGA keeps pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And that is why I insist that every time someone like Ron Johnson 
or Rand Paul or Donnie Trump Jr. or any one of these MAGA lovers says that the election was stolen, I have to come right back and say, there is not a shred of evidence to substantiate anything you say. You're just making it up. You're fantasizing excuses to appease the MAGA cultists who have been conned by the ultimate con man into believing that Donald Trump cares about them. The same very, the very same Donald Trump who's still out there raising money by selling autographed hats to suckers. Now, I have lots of experience, ladies and gentlemen, with gaslighting politicians, having covered in politics in Chicago for all these years. It's very similar with Chicago politicians when they say over and over and over again, things like KIFs don't raise taxes, even of course, even though of course they do. How else would the program work if it didn't raise taxes? But that doesn't stop Chicago politicians from saying it. TIFs don't raise taxes. TIFs don't raise taxes. And I keep saying, yes, they do. Yes, they do. You got to be stubborn, folks. Otherwise, they'll just run right over you. So apparently, Donald Trump's not the only con man in politics. We have a few in Chicago, but he's probably the most effective. We got a great show today, everybody. Yes, indeed. Alderman Byron Sixer Lopez will be here at 2 o'clock. BSL. And you know what we'll be talking about is uh, confrontation with Lori Lightfoot, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, yesterday at the city council meeting about uh, Anjanette Young and the videotape uh, that the city of Chicago, Mayor Lori Lightfoot's administration, released kicking and screaming and fighting all the way. At the order, it was released of a federal judge. Now they're, it's like making new stories every day, D, as to what the mayor knew and when did she knew it and did she know what her law department was up to or was this whole thing an operation of rogue lawyers in the law department? Anybody who says, who dares to ask her a question is chastised, criticized, yelled at, Finger wagged at. God, could you imagine what she would do to Dr. D? Dr. D raises a question. Don't you ever. <laughs> Listen, Baldy. All right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you're kind of getting into that. You're kind of getting into the first story. You're getting into the first story here. Throw it to me. Throw it to me. I'm just all fired up about this story. Anyway, without further ado, the man, myth, the legend, the pride and joy of all Illinois, the man that Byron Sixual Lopez and Lori Life would call the doctor with the news. How's it going, everybody? I'm Dennis. Let's talk about what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. We begin in Chicago and with the story, as Ben was talking about, Miss Anjanette Young. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Franz Bielman. A shaken and furious Mayor Lori Lightfoot on Wednesday apologized to Anjanette Young for the botched police raid on the wrong house in 2019 that humiliated an innocent Anjanette Young and prompted police officers to handcuff her naked. The mayor's apology came on a day that also saw an outraged young speaking outside CPD headquarters and members of the city council confronting her over the raid and demanding hearings and investigations. Remember, Lightfoot said she first learned of the February 2019 incident captured on body cam video when we all first learned two days ago. Tuesday, when WBBM-TV Channel 2 aired the video as part of its extensive reporting on botched police raids. A lot of people are finding that hard to believe, by the way. And according to the mayor, and here's where those people may have a point, she also first learned on Tuesday that her own law department 
had taken actions to prevent Channel 2 from airing the video. By the way, did, were you reading Fran's article word for word? Fran said that, or did you say that? A lot of people are having it hard. No, that was me. Time. That part was me. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I can't imagine something like that in a sometimes story, but it's true. Oh, well, thanks for shattering my dreams of being a sometimes writer. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I mean, no, that's pretty odd. That's something like a Ben Jarofsky would write. Nobody believes it. No, but no, that's not true. Let me amend this. There are Northsiders, my beloved Northsiders. You know, Ben, she apologized. You really got to go easy on the mayor. North, Northsiders have this thing for mayors. I I just will never understand it. The love, the adoration they have for all powerful mayors who say one thing one day and say something else the next day, and Northsiders are like, yeah, well, I like what she said today, so just ignore what she said yesterday. So maybe Northsiders are convinced by the apology. I got a text from, uh, uh, well, the guy's not a Northsider. I'll leave his name out. I don't want to embarrass him. But he goes, Ben, Lori apologized. Well, okay, that ends that. Good thing. <laughs> Good thing she apologized. Whew. By the way, if you really want to hear someone do a riff, and I mean a big-time riff on Lori Lightfoot and her ever-shifting stories on what she knew and when she knew it about uh, – and Jeanette Young and the police raid in which they handcuffed a naked woman, put handcuffed behind her back, ladies and gentlemen. Then, then just one more time, just to let you know how horrific this was. It's like well into the raid as she was standing there with her hands handcuffed behind her, utterly humiliated, naked, all these men running these cops, most of them men. There was one woman cop I saw. I don't know if she was there from the outset of the raid or she, they got, they called her in uh, when they saw there was this naked woman. Well, maybe a good idea to bring a woman in here. Anyway, all these strangers running around her house. Someone said, oh yeah, maybe we should let her get dressed. So they obviously unhandcuffed her long enough to put a t-shirt on and maybe some pants. And then they put the handcuffs on again. Like, it's one woman and I'm like, I don't know, a dozen cops who are armed have like the things they can hit you over the head with. Like, why do you have to handcuff her again? Ben, hang tight. We're definitely going to edit this out. We got a, someone's calling our show and I don't know how to answer the damn phone. All right. Hold on. Hang <laughs> I can't even hear it. Oh, well, I'm sure the listeners can. Well, if not, people on the download can. So just hang tight here. Guys, When we're, I guess, call whenever, I guess, but try not to between 1 and 3 p.m. Central Time. Ah, maybe we're getting rid of this phone number in the in the new year. Okay, the, we're good now, Ben. Go ahead. All right. Do you really want to hear someone riff on this ever-changing mayoral take on this horrific uh, police raid? I urge you to listen to Maze Jackson, the interview we did yesterday. <laughs> a radio personality, Maze Jackson. He's harder on the mayor than I am. But yes, you apologize. This has all the trappings of one of those PR disasters where the mayor's PR team says, Mayor, this is not looking good. We got to do something about this. The reality is her instincts were going to go into a different direction. Her instincts were to counterattack. They were like, I hate to say it, they reminded me of Trump. The instinct, you get criticism, and then you just 
lash out at the people who dare to criticize you. The lawyer, the media, and Anjanette Young. And I will just repeat this. I'm going to read this. Every guest who comes on the show is from Chicago, has to take the Lori Lightfoot test. Dennis, have you taken the Lori Lightfoot test yet? No, I haven't. Mm. Lucky me, Amazing. right? Amazing. I know Dennis like, uh, uh, I'm just the producer of the show. I uh... <laughs> Remember when Maya wouldn't tell us who she was going to vote for? Ben, I'm a journalist, okay? <laughs> Maya's got the most, the strongest opinions of pretty much anyone I've ever met. I cannot tell you who I voted for. Oh, let me guess. Uh, anyway, Mayor Lori Lightfoot's statement. This is a statement released by Mayor Lori Lightfoot Tuesday, and I will read it over and over again. Tuesday night at 8.30, the story was breaking everywhere. And her first statement, her first public statement issued by her press officer in regards to it, quote, Today, I became aware of an incident involving Ms. Anjanette Young from February 2019 before I became mayor, and I saw a video today for the first time. I had no knowledge of either until today. I had a very emotional reaction to what was depicted on the video, as I imagine that many people did. Since the matter is the subject of litigation and an open COPA investigation, I will have no further comment. That was Tuesday. Now she's still sticking to that story, that it was the first she heard about it, when the channel two broke it and but she has deviated from that last statement which is since the matter is subject of litigation i will have no further comment because obviously like the smart people who give her public relations advice have told her you know mayor Lori lightfoot maybe it's not a good idea for you to be so callous and insensitive about this obvious, obvious violation of decency. Maybe it's not a good idea. So now suddenly she's apologizing. Like, I don't know what changed between Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday, she was cold and tough, like a lawyer. Since this matter is the subject of litigation and an open COPA investigation, I will have no further comment. And then on Wednesday, she's like... I'm just so sorry and so brokenhearted about this. And I just feel so bad. And I know the Northsiders are like, yeah, Ben, go easy on her. <laughs> I, I find it really hard to go easy on the mayor. She reminds me of Trump at this moment and Rahm at this moment. And I was like, I thought we were done with Rahm Emanuel types in this city. Mayor, Mayor Rahm buried the Laquan McDonald video. Didn't want anybody to see it. But we're done with that. It's like one step forward in this godforsaken town and then two steps back. Why do I stay here? Sorry, Dean, that was so uncalled for. It's a lovely town. Oh, I love the Cubs. Wrigley Field. Catch the Ben Jarofsky Show live from Alton, <laughs> Illinois, starting in January 2021. <laughs> They're going to kick me out of this town. Take my car. That's your town, Chicago. All I can say, Chicago, is you have a hell of a way of making a guy feel at home. That's Chicago, man. Oh, every mayor. Mayor Daley, they were like torturing black people in police stations throughout Chicago. I don't see anything. I don't know anything. What? Huh? John Burge, who? 
you know, and then Mayor Rahm, um, oh, I apologize for John Burge. This will never happen again. This is hor- horrible. <laughs> Meanwhile, Laquan McDonald tape. Uh, can we put that in that drawer there and lock it and never let it out? And Lori Lightfoot runs for office and says, it's all going to be different with me. I was on the police board. I learned lessons. Suddenly I'm having Lori Lightfoot talk like Barack Obama. Yeah. And <laughs> this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> it's going to be the most transparent administration ever. The light's going to go on. Wait, I thought Rahm was the most transparent administration. No, 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 no. Forget everything. That's how Chicago, that's how it is in Chicago. Forget everything the last mayor told you. It wasn't true. Just believe what I tell you. In Chicago, it's okay. As long as I uh, get my garbage picked up, I'll believe whatever you tell me. I, the funniest part about the Mays interview yesterday, Mays, come on now, you knew I was going to do this. When he goes on this riff justifying why he was for Rahm in 2015. I love you, Mays. You're my guy, but I wasn't buying that riff. Anyway, that's Chicago. They love their mayors. They always give their mayors second chances. They want to believe in their mayors. Like, you know, like the, believing in a Chicago mayor is like believing in Santa Claus. Oh, my mayor loves me. My mayor would never do anything to harm me. So here we go. Lori Lightfoot's forever changing view. I think she's going to cling to this one, D. I, I don't think tomorrow she's going to have a press conference saying, I take back my apology. I think she's going to stick to this story about how just upset she is by what she saw in the video, even though the first time she saw the video, <laughs> she was like, oh, since this matter is the subject of litigation and an open COVID investigation, I will have no further comment. All right, Kyle in the live stream chat did remind us, and thank you. Yes, Ben did vote for Lori Lightfoot. Okay, so let's uh, <laughs> It's true, Kyle. <laughs> Usually I blame someone else. Been known to blame Dennis from time to time. But as Dennis likes to point out, <laughs> he did not vote for Lori Lightfoot in the last election. So I have no one to blame but myself, Kyle. So the news of Anjanette Young broke a night before Wednesday City Council meeting. And during the meeting, tensions were high, especially between Mayor Lightfoot and one particular city council member, one that's going to be on the show in about an hour. Uh <laughs> And you know what? I tell you, the latest season of everyone's favorite Chicago political soap opera has certainly been a good one thus far. It is time for the latest episode of A Mayor, Andrew Alderman. A Mayor and Her Alderman. You have to be a good neighbor. You have to be a good neighbor. Otherwise, I'm going to be up your butt every day. And make no mistake, people, we are indeed witnessing in real time the story of Anjanette Young morphing into the story of Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. We may be looking back at this very moment come mayoral election season. Or, you know, maybe not. I don't know. But we may. Shout out to Fran Spielman of the Chicago Sun-Times. Fran, happy holidays. We'd simply be lost without you and your bang-up daily coverage of our Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. And uh, after a brief shouting match with the mayor during Wednesday's city council meeting, 25th Ward Alderman Byron Sigcho Lopez is the star of today's A Mayor and Her Alderman. 
Like we said, the news of Anjanette Young broke the night before the city council meeting, and Sigcho Lopez was upset with the mayor. Fran Spielman writes, Sigcho Lopez didn't seem to care that the raid at the home of Anjanette Young had nothing to do with the three settlements tied to allegations of police wrongdoing that were up for a vote Wednesday. He seized the opportunity to unload on Lightfoot for directing her law department to try and block WBBM-TV from airing disturbing video of the incident taken by a police body camera. Ben, I cannot wait for our next interview with David Glowatz. He'll hopefully have the audio of this. Uh, for now, we'll have to live with the quotes that I have. Uh, Sigcho Lopez said to Mayor Lightfoot, quote, We have a systemic issue of police brutality. Miss Young called out police 43 times, 43 times to denounce that this was an illegal and wrong mistaken raid at her house. Lightfoot ruled the alderman out of order for attempting to raise a separate issue. Sigcho Lopez countered that he was, quote, not out of order and said he had his five minutes coming. What's fair is fair. He continues saying, I hold you accountable, Mayor, to have a hearing on the matter because the public deserves an explanation for what happened and why the law department was trying to sue the plaintiff because she was trying to make this public, as was her right. Lightfoot then accused Sigcho Lopez of making wildly inaccurate comments, even though he did not, quote, know the facts. This is the quote from Lightfoot. The images portrayed on that video were upsetting, no question whatsoever. But what I would ask you is to actually get the facts, sir. You have spent a significant amount of your time talking about issues for which you have no facts, and that is highly problematic. It is irresponsible. It undermines your fiduciary responsibility, not only to the council, but to the larger city of Chicago. That then prompted Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa of the 35th Ward to chime in, uh, saying, quote, personal attacks on members of this body are out of order. With that, the fireworks ended. Oh, where was Raylo for all this? I was like, by the way, great recitation, D. Uh, that was the uh, online story you were reading. It had a lot more details than the uh, paper story in the article. I mean, where was Raylo when I needed him? I got to bring him on the show and get his thoughts on this. Uh, I don't think it's inappropriate for Byron Sisha Lopez to raise this matter. Uh, and um, it particularly pertains to the fiduciary oversight responsibilities of the Chicago City Council because it's the Chicago City Council is frequently, continually, some might say, being requested by the administration, the law department of the administration, to approve a settlement on some kind of police misconduct trial. So there's allegation of misconduct by the Chicago Police uh, Department, some law enforcement officers, somebody sues, the case is working its way through court. And this is the reality. And I'm not gonna, I'm gonna defend lawyers for the city. Their job as lawyers for the city is try to minimize the payout that the city has to make for the misconduct of its police officers. And that means trying to undercut the evidence that's in front of them, trying to uh, direct, ruin the credibility of the people who are making accusations uh, about the Chicago Police Department. And it also means doing everything they can to conceal whatever evidence there might exist that would substantiate the allegations that the plaintiff is making. That's what they're supposed to do. Lori Lightfoot, before she became mayor of the city of Chicago, remember this, ladies and gentlemen, was a corporate lawyer. So she knows what lawyers do. She did it herself as a corporate lawyer. 
a lot of defense work. You're doing everything you can to undercut the argument of the other side so that the payout is less. So the law department was doing what it's supposed to do as the fiduciary overseers of Chicago. Nonetheless, when the settlements turn over to the city council, the city council has a fiduciary obligation. I love the word fiduciary. To ask what has changed in the city of Chicago to make sure that this won't happen again. So yesterday they were being asked, and we're going to hear all this when Dave Kloatz comes on in a couple of weeks for the city council rundown. They were being asked about what? Three settlements. And he goes, meanwhile, we have these stories in the press about this other horrific incident with Anjanette Young and the raid in her house. So Lori Lightfoot, that's, she just can't let Byron Sisha Lopez raise his point. She has to get in his face. Tell him he doesn't know his facts. Well, in all due respect, Madam Mayor, there haven't been a lot of facts delivered by the city of Chicago on this matter. And there's certainly been no facts that make sense. Like your statement that you released on Tuesday at 8.30, the day before this city council hearing, where you said you just became aware of the incident involving Ms. Anjanette Young. That is unbelievable. That's really hard for people in Chicago to believe that your law department, I know the raid happened before you took office. I understand that. We all understand. Everybody in Chicago understands that. But you inherited the lawsuit. That lawsuit has been working through the courts all throughout your administration. Your lawyers have been in court fighting that lawsuit and fighting the release of that tape. And then you act as though you just heard about it. And I don't think anybody in Chicago believes that. So when you say to Byron Sisha Lopez, just stick to the facts, the reality is that people in Chicago don't know the facts. The rea- we never know the facts in Chicago. They're still telling us that TIFs don't raise taxes. <laughs> so I'm really curious what Byron Sisha Lopez is going to say. We're going to ask him all these questions. Steve. Was he out of order to raise this matter? Should he just sat quietly and not brought it up. Yeah, these she uh, apologized to the mayor for upsetting her. These city council meetings are interesting. Uh, it seems like, you know, I don't know, they're like punished for caring or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's weird. Like, hey, how dare you care about. Yeah, like, it's like Raylo. Like the recreational <laughs> marijuana thing happened back, uh, you know, uh, a few months back when uh, the black aldermen were like, ah, we're a little worried that this may, uh, you know, kind of, ah, sh- hey. How dare you care? Get out of here. <laughs> well, it's the same thing with Raylo. When there were, his, you know, they were rioting in his wards. So he confronted the mayor on it. What'd she tell him, D? I forgot the exact quote. I think it was, what was it again, D? Hey, you'll find out in a minute. <laughs> oh, that Dr. D, he's a little devil. <laughs> anyway, Byron, we're really curious to see what Byron has to say when he comes on the show. Yeah, it's coming up here uh, right after our news. Byron Sigjo Lopez, don't go anywhere. It's going to be a very, very interesting interview. Uh, But hey, there it was. Once again, another episode, the latest season of A Mayor and Her Alderman. (laughs) A Mayor and Her Alderman. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. 
few things that's kept me going through this pandemic is that exchange between Ray Lowe and Mayor Lightfoot. And every time I hear that when Ray Lowe <laughs> we have to bring Ray Lowe back. We need her. I'm still a little surprised that Ray Lowe didn't jump in on this one. You know what I'm saying? All right, moving on here. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. Springtime. Love it. Okay, well. <laughs> winner, but thank you. <laughs> It's his favorite season, D. <laughs> I guess so. Right now, as we speak, <laughs> Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker is delivering his 115 pandemic press briefing. What happened at 2.30? Uh, I will try to provide updates on that if they become available before the end of today's show. But in the meantime, about Wednesday's press briefing, a bit of bad news. Illinois will be receiving less vaccinations than originally thought over the next couple of weeks. However, as of this morning, I'm disappointed to learn that the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services informed us that per the direction of Operation Warp Speed's General Perna, that estimate was tightened significantly down to 4.3 million doses shipped nationally next week. Yeah, And this development will likely cut our state's projected Pfizer shipments this month by roughly half. The same is true across the rest of the nation. Interesting. But hey, (laughs) here's good news. A new effort has been launched in Illinois to get computers to those who can't afford them nine months later. When your upgrade cycle gets renewed and your old technology and your company no longer fits the needs of your employees, you can donate it. And it will be upgraded for use by a family in need. Okay, yeah. And? Events are already underway in Metro East, in Cook County, and in other parts of the state. More distribution events will kick off next month with the list of locations updated regularly. So check in on a regular basis. All right. By the way, that's a little late for the Chicago Public Schools. We talked about... I'm sorry. Just believe whatever they say, teachers. Go back to that classroom. They would never lie to you. Okay? Don't ask questions. Know your facts. Just go to those classrooms. Shut up. Do what they say. Or they'll take away your car. No, but we, we, we had this conversation with Maya on Tuesday. We talked about the Chalkbeat story, excellent story in Chalkbeat, a publication about education about how the mayor's friend sent her an email. Hey, I got computers for you. And the mayor mayor goes, great, thank you, and sent an email to Chicago Public Schools. Only unlike with J.B. Pritzker's uh, computers, this guy wanted to get paid for it. Well, you know what, D, I told you, when I first saw the story, I'm like, why is everybody getting mad at Lori Lightfoot? Man, the guy gave away his computers. Uh, negatory, Ben. <laughs> he wasn't giving away those computers. He was selling them. Now it turns out that J.B. Pritzker's got a program. This is how much they care about the kids in Chicago. Uh, what did you say, D? Nine months later. <laughs> Nine months later, kids. Without computers, don't worry. We're going to take care of you. We're going to get Dennis to give his old 1995 computer hey to guys. us. <laughs> we'll send it in, and we'll have Pat Whalen fix it. Oh, give me just uh, get my hands here. G, D, D. Who's like, isn't Pat like the best computer guy we know on this show? Pat, isn't he Pat Whalen? I think Pat knows more about computers. 
Yeah, more than you and me, that's for sure. But that's not saying anything, dude. It's really not. Uh, let me just get back there. The carburetor is broken. Wait, Wait. is there a carburetor in a computer? No. Oh, uh, it's the timing chain. I see. It's an old timing chain. I'll fix it here. Snip, snip. Anyway, that's just one. What a state. Nine months later. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lori Lightfoot's friend, don't worry about Chicago, uh, J.B. Pritzker. Mayor Lori Lightfoot's got a friend. Have I got a friend? He's going to sell these computers at cut rate prices. Who's right? You know, next thing I know, I'm going to get a, like an email from Donnie Trump Jr. Hey, donate your computer. And my dad will give you a free autograph signed hat. Anyway, I'm just, I'm just on behalf of everyone in the city of Chicago. I want to thank Governor Pritzker and Mayor Lori Lightfoot's friend for really caring about the kids of Chicago and making sure they get computers nine months after the pandemic hit and close the schools. Because that's how much they care about poor kids in Chicago, D. And don't you ever, ever say, young Dennis, that they don't care about poor kids. Because if you say that again, I'm going to take your car, I'm going to take your bong and make you walk home. <laughs> Not my bong. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> but, oh, hey, yeah. hey, at least it's better than that uh, stupid book Barack Obama was offering. Am I right? I'm yeah. not a perfect person. <laughs> oh, yeah. How can I forget the book? Uh, I realize that most of you don't have computers. So what I'm going to do is give you a computerized version of my 700-page book. <laughs> that ought to really help you with your homework. Yeah. You can read the book online. What's that? No computer? Yep. Tough titty, said the kitty, when the milk went dry. <laughs> oh, God. Our leaders, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, meanwhile, teachers... Shut up, get in that classroom, put that mask on, do what they tell you, okay? And Barack Obama's sending over a book in a computer form. And I don't care if your kids don't have computers. Just say thank you, President Obama. Well, you love that Lori clip. I won't just turn the car around. I'm going to shut it off, I'm going to kick you out, and I'm going to make you walk home. All right, yeah, so Lori Lightfoot talking to Jesse Sharkey. No, so, not really. That's all the news I really have on uh, JB Pritzker. Also, uh, no updates on Madigan Gate. The time utility bigwigs comment admitted to arranging jobs, contracts, and payoffs to the associates of Illinois Democratic House Speaker one Michael Joseph Madigan. <laughs> No updates on that. So let's go back to some city news here. Uh, the rift between a mayor and her Chicago teachers union <laughs> continues. I don't have any intros for that, so I'm just going to read the news from the Sun-Times in one Nadir Issa. Uh, it says here, a labor, a labor court Thursday denied the Chicago teachers union's attempt to delay Chicago public schools planned January reopening, a setback for the union that was looking to fully bargain with the district over the return to schools for the first time during the pandemic. And Ben, I know shade when I see it. All right. And the following statement from CPS spokeswoman Emily Bolton. It's about a nine and a half on the shade meter. All right. And Ben, I learned a long time ago as a young man, a valuable lesson. And that is, don't start no shit, won't be no shit. You ever hear that? Oh, no. Is that, 
your aunt or your uncle, Elden? Yeah, some some '90s rap song. I can't remember, but don't Uh-oh. start no shit. Won't hold be on. no shit. Wait, hold on. Let me write that down. That's good. <laughs> don't start no shit. And then what's the second line? Uh, won't be no shit. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Yeah, we'll have to read that to Stacey Davis Gates when next time she comes on the show. And don't confuse that with uh, "don't ask me for shit" in the next three months. That's something else. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, CPS spokeswoman Emily Bolton is obviously looking to start some shit. Bolton said in a statement, "quote It's time for the CTU to put students first. <laughs> you guys know what you're doing, right?" And be supportive partners in the effort to safely reopen classrooms for the families who need us now more than ever. A CTU spokesperson didn't immediately respond to a request for comment. Wait, okay, we do have CTU President Jesse Sharkey. He's live on the streets with an update. Jesse. I, um... Yeah? Right now, um... Uh, Oh, (laughs) didn't hear you there. But Ben, give us your thoughts. Oh, my God. Jesse Sharkey outside Lane Tech High School. <laughs> the gift that keeps giving. Ah! What's my thoughts? Some press spokesperson who's never been in a classroom in her life telling teachers, put students first. Oh, like a teacher doesn't put students first. Like a teacher needs some press aide to tell him or her to put students first. I love it when press aides tell teachers to put students first. These are people, teachers, who've like spent a lot of money getting that degree to be able to become a public school teacher, come to Chicago, working in conditions that are pretty horrific. I mean, like a lot of kids don't have computers, working for administrators. <laughs> who shut down the schools in the middle of the pandemic, then realize, oh, wait a minute. Your kids don't all have computers. Then get a friend of the mayor to sell the system some computers without going through the bidding process. <clears throat> Even though you could do what the governor did and ask people to donate to computers. And now some press age says, put students first. Just when she says that, what she really means is shut up and do what we tell you. Don't ask questions. Don't raise qu- issues. Don't show your, express your concerns. It's sort of like the attitude when Byron Sixel Lopez stands up at the city council to talk about what happened to Anjanette Young. Shut up. Sit down. You're out of order. <laughs> your whole system's out of order. Put students first. Wow. Put students first, D. I don't know really what to say about that when you have a press aide. It's not in a classroom. For all I know, it's never been in a classroom. Telling teachers who go in classrooms every day until the pandemic <clears throat> to put students first. God, I know a lot of teachers, man. Really dedicated crew of people. A lot of them, they don't get enough money for supplies, so they, they pay the supplies themselves. I never heard a press aide kicking in for supplies. I'll give Nick Spazzato credit. I remember when Mayor Rahm, Nick Spazzato, Alderman, 38th Ward. I remember when Rahm Emanuel was bankrupting the public school system in Chicago. They didn't have enough money to, for toilet paper. Nick Spazzato had a toilet toilet paper fundraiser. Remember that? He raised, he got people to contribute toilet paper. Toilet paper was flowing in from all over his ward. It was an embarrassment 
for the public schools that an alderman had to like ask people for toilet paper. System was so broke they couldn't even afford toilet paper. But even then, I don't know who the press aide was. They'd be saying, put students first. Whenever a teacher raises a question, how dare you raise a question? How dare you question what we're doing? Don't you realize that you're not putting students first? You asking that question jeopardizes the education of students? There has never been a serious attempt by this administration to work in conjunction with the Chicago Teachers Union. I will say this again and again and again, just like I will say again and again and again, that there's not a shred of evidence to substantiate the Republican claims that Joe Biden stole the election. You got to say it over and over again, people, because the other side is just going to repeat it. Lori Lightfoot has been battling the Chicago Teachers Union from the moment she walked in the office because she was incapable of getting over the fact that the Chicago Teachers Union foolishly, I say foolishly, because I told them not to do it, but they did it anyway, threw down so hard for Tony Preckwinkle. And I know it's a popular refrain in the city of Chicago. It's going to be repeated by the editorial board, civic community, and corporate Chicago that the teachers union is just unreasonable. And you can't deal with the teachers union. And all they want to do is defeat Lori Lightfoot. So just shut up. Get in that classroom and put students first. And the editorial writers will write it, even though they haven't been in a classroom ever. And the Civic Chicago will say it, even though they haven't been in a classroom ever. So do you have a hard time when someone says, you know, put the students first? Because that's just another way of saying, shut up. You're out of order. Sit down. And what do you think of this comment from uh, the CPS spokeswoman, Emily Bolton? Like, uh, are you new? Like, you know, uh, Stacey Davis Gates is the vice president. When you say something like this, she's going to come back with a response, right? Did she come back with a response? Not yet, but it's going to happen. It's time for CTU to put students first. That's a burn, man. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what can I say? That's the uh, the company line. That was the company line, but the, the, some things, like I say, never change. Ron was the same way. He's always mad at CTU. In those days, he was mad at Karen Jennings Lewis. You know, so uh, now they Stacey Davis Gates is the one they don't like. Uh, everybody dislikes Stacey Davis Gates. She's oh. unreasonable, Ben. You can't work with her. Okay. You don't know the real Stacey Davis Gates. Well, we know the real Stacey Davis Gates. They don't know the real Stacey <laughs> Davis Gates. Uh, we have uh, Jesse Sharkey. He's back. He has uh, something to say here. Jesse, go ahead, my man. And we view that this is uh-huh. a civil rights issue. Okay. You know, we okay. think that the conditions in our schools. <laughs> All right. I feel you. I feel you. support for our students that need trauma support, social workers, psychologists. All right. Counselors. Hey, hey, <laughs> we think that adequate services for special education. Uh, okay. You gotta give Jesse credit, man. He just like keeps. <laughs> oh lord. Oh my goodness. He just he didn't quit. You know. <laughs> Here comes the truck. <laughs> There is no truth to the rumor that it was a uh, CPS press spokesperson spokesperson behind the wheel of that big semi that went. All right, we now go to the live stream chat. And uh, Jim, this is your time to shine, buddy. All right, Jim on the live stream chat. uh, He has a question here. He says, I wonder how Karen Lewis would have reacted to Lori Lightfoot and CPS in these current times. I think she would have opened up a can of whoop ass on him. (laughs) Yes, she would. Uh, I love Karen Lewis. Yeah, Karen, um, Karen, 
I get kind of choked up. Karen uh, was a fighter, and she was really the first. I'm trying. I'm, I'm really trying to say this right. The first person uh, outside of a city council who stood up to a mayor. You know, because all through those daily years, city of Chicago, everybody was falling in line with the mayor. Union people fell in line with the mayor. Civic people fell in line. It was just like Chicago had dedicated itself to the notion that it, everyone had to support Mayor Daly because we didn't want to go back to the days of Harold Washington. So everybody had to support Mayor Daly. And Karen came around uh Really, Mayor Rahm, she she became president during the end of the daily years, but Mayor Rahm was the first mayor she had to deal with. And she said, no, just because the mayor says something, I don't have to bend. Mayor, mayor says stuff that isn't true. I'm not just going to go along with untruths. And so uh, to me, she's a great hero in Chicago. And I really, uh, uh, Mays and I were talking about this yesterday. Um, we were both wishing Mays Jackson, when he was on the show, we were both wishing that, um, she had had the opportunity to run against Rahm in 2015. Unfortunately, she got sick, she got cancer, so she couldn't run against Mayor Rahm. So, yeah, I don't think she would, uh, put up with some press aide saying, put students first. By the way, Karen Lewis, uh, taught, for well over 20 years in the Chicago public schools of uh, Chicago. She was a uh, high school science teacher, taught at Sullivan, taught at Lane, taught at King. So who the hell is any press secretary to tell Karen Lewis to put students first? So yeah, that's how I think. I, I think Karen would have stood up to this mayor too. Thank you, Jim, for reaching out on the live stream chat. And Jim... Uh, now, earlier uh, during our news, you heard the phone ringing. <laughs> That's what our phone ring sounds like. Uh, I don't know how to shut the damn noise off, but I'm glad we got the call because it was from Jim. Jim left us a voicemail. Now, Jim, uh, Jim and I have been talking one-on-one -on, -one, uh, on the live stream chat a little bit, and we've worked up a little segment, and uh, Jim has finally uh, called in for this, and we're going to do it. Ben, I think you're going to like this. Uh, ben, or Ben, Jim has Chicago Bulls trivia for you. How about that? Whoa! Right, it's the holidays. You know, let's have fun. I have another. Uh, after this, don't let me forget to read Heidi Henry's text message. But go ahead, Dave. Okay, great, great. We'll read. We'll do Heidi Henry's text message. That's coming up. But first, let's focus on this one here. We have trivia question. Bulls trivia question. It comes from Jim. Jim, thank you so much for reaching out. Uh, you can call the Ben Jarofsky Show. 708-658-4788. That number again. 708-658-4788. Call the Ben Jarofsky Show. And hey, let's keep this going. If you got uh, Chicago Bulls trivia for Ben, throw oh, it our way. <laughs> throw it our way and we'll see if Ben can answer him. So uh, let me fire up the uh, music here. No pressure, Ben. No pressure on this trivia question. By the way, am I allowed to cheat and look at my phone? No. Okay, here we go. He, now, he claims this is an easy one. I'm going to play the voicemail from Jim. Here we go. Hey, Ben and Dennis, it's Jim. Got two quick uh, Bulls trivia questions for Ben. Pretty easy. First one, when the Bulls won the NBA championship in 1991, their first title, true or false, Michael Jordan was the leading scorer in that game. Ben? Well, I, I presume when he, the game he's uh, referring to is uh, game five, when they won their first championship, game five, I guess that's what he means against Lakers. 
Uh, and I would say uh, true. I know, like the question is probably set up to be a false, and he's probably going to say no. It was John Paxson hit all those shots? But what the heck? It's Michael Jeffrey Jordan, so I say true. All right, he says true. We'll play the next question. We'll hear how this goes, and we'll base it off of this. How we're going to do this? Here we go. Also true or false? During the Bulls Holmes games, uh, the introductions. Michael Jordan was always the last player introduced. True or false? Well, well <clears throat> while he was with the Bulls, true. All right. Always the last person. Number 23 from North Carolina, Dr. D. All right. Yeah. And, uh, Jay Marie on the live stream chat, you're so right. Yeah. Jim has one hell of a Chicago accent. <laughs> <laughs> God bless him, man. <laughs> All right. So, Ben Jarofsky says true and yes. true. Yes. The answer to question number one. It is true. Good job. Yes. Give me the ball, baby. (laughs) But question number two, you said was true as well. Yes. Well, according to Jim, that's false. Oh, man. Brick. He says Scotty Pippen was uh, also announced last. That was only when Jordan wasn't playing. Uh, I mean, come on. Wait. That, there was a, those two years, a year and a half, where uh, Michael Jeffrey Jordan uh, was retired the first time. Remember, D? Mm-hmm. And um, so that's when Scottie Pippen was in, uh, announced the last. So. I don't know. Right. I think that's a technicality, well, man. I'm sure, I'm sure Jim will weigh in with further explanation <laughs> of this, and maybe a little later on we'll talk about it. But, uh, yeah, feel free to call the Ben Jaromsky Show, 708-658-4788. I'll figure a way to mute that loud noise when the uh, call comes in during the show. Uh, and you can send us an email as well, Show at gmail.com, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J show at gmail.com. And, Ben, we did get an email from Heidi Henry, did we not? Yes. And um, uh, here we go. Let me get this. Uh, hi, oh, wrong person. Hold on. Where are you, Heidi? I got you right here. Dennis Stahl by talking about your uh, about favorite uh, vegetables. Okay. Well, I do love broccoli. Broccoli is amazing. Probably right, my favorite vegetable. I did, right, I, wait, I was I telling it. people about broccoli. Uh, <laughs> Lou Broccoli, uh, former outfitter for the St. Louis Cardinals. All right, so uh, Heidi Henry, good friend of the show, uh, one of the Heartland Mamas uh, from out in the Hinton land somewhere, uh, sent me a text message. She was not pleased, not pleased to say the least, about some uh, complimentary words I had for a certain Republican congressman named Adam Kinzinger. And as Dennis would tell you, Adam Kinzinger is the congressman from the 16th Congressional District uh, up in uh, northern Illinois. Um, Suddenly I'm talking like Obama, uh, northern Illinois. You love Obama, but go ahead. And uh, I I love Obama, but I'm not reading the book. I'm sorry, D. I draw the line at that new book of his. Oh, it's 700 pages, and uh, I made most of it up. Uh, anyway, um, uh, Adam Kinzinger uh, released a statement. Uh, was I think it was a tweet that was very critical of Republicans for continuing to pr- pr- uh, promote the notion that the election was somehow stolen and fraudulent, even though there's not a shred of evidence. Let me repeat that. Not a shred of evidence to substantiate that point, but it doesn't stop them from repeating it. And so I gave Kinzinger credit 
because I thought, you know, well, if a Republican does something like stand up to MAGA and Trump, that's significant because, you know, it's easy for me to stand up to MAGA and Trump. I would never, ever, ever vote for Trump. But these are Kinzinger's voters. And so, you know, he, lot, most Republicans are afraid to do it. So I gave him a little shout out uh, and Heidi uh, chastised me for that. And I will now read you the text. Ben, are you kidding on Kinzinger? He would have authorized the bombing of black and brown people in our own country. He is an orange nose sycophant. The fact that he's trying to be credible is incredible because he isn't. He's a total waste of skin and oxygen, a complete waste of time, and he has to be one of the worst members of Congress Illinois has ever had. Heidi, I got to give you credit. You got away with words. He is a total waste of skin and oxygen. Uh, he is a war hawk. He is always advocating for farming because that's what he does, apparently, flying through the air. National Guard, he claims that he does. And he's always advocating for bombing in a country where people have black or brown skins. Always, always. He is a misogynist. He's a bigot. He's a racist. And it shows. And every one of his votes, he voted 98% with Trump on every issue is not anti-Trump. Isn't it the elect? Wait, isn't it? The election has gone the other way. Oh, if the election had gone the other way, he'd be all for totalitarianism based on his voting record and rhetoric alone. So uh, Heidi Henry weighs in and she, uh, I believe, lives uh, in Adam Kinzinger's district. So she knows more about him than I do. I do not live in Adam Kinzinger's district, Heidi, but uh, you and I are just going to have to respectfully disagree on this one. I got to give a shout out to Republicans, in my humble opinion. I feel obligated to give out a a shout out to Republicans who stand up to this effort to like steal an election, have effect- effectively a coup, you know, that's, and that's why, you know, I had to kind of give credit uh, to Brett Kavanaugh. God, it killed me. Uh, and uh, Neil Gorsuch uh, and uh, Amy Coney Barrett for not joining the effort uh, to undo the election. I see that the great alderman Byron Sixer Lopez has joined us. We're going to take a break. Right, D? Absolutely. We're going to bring him on, the pride and joy of the 25th Ward. He's going to talk about what uh, the kids back in junior high will call humbug. He had at yesterday's uh, city council meeting with Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, in the matter of Anjanette Young. So we'll have the alderman on with us when we return from this break. <laughs> 